Welcome back to Podcast 70 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best football contests in all the land and other sports, please visit www.theszn.com slash OB for your chance in winning thousands of dollars. If you like to support the Oddsbreakers, and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theoddsbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get the premium plays for the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com, and if nothing else, please visit the Oddsbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. What a weekend of sports and football. Really, not a ton of upsets in, not a ton of upsets in college, and really not a ton of upsets in the NFL, I hear the books aren't doing so well. <laughs> you know, usually when there's upsets, uh, they do better. All the people playing parlays and such. But uh, we're okay with that because we're profitable. Profitable in college, finishing 6-3. and three. And the NFL, uh, I'm slightly down 7-5, and five, but all our big plays lost. So I was kind of bummed about that. But uh, being 7-5 and five helps out a little bit. And I guess if you count Thursday... Uh, we won on Thursday, so that's better. Always have our TikTok prop plays that I'm now 7-0 in. I release it every Monday and Thursday for the night games. So make sure you're checking that out. But overall, profitable weekend and uh, interesting weekend, to say the least, in football. Before we get into our segments, I want to remind you that there's only one podcast this week. It's going to be sometime on Thursday. Kind of hoping for Thursday morning, but more really realistically, maybe Thursday during the day, and I'm not sure if the video portion will be able to go live at 1 p.m. on Thursday either. It's definitely not going to happen on Wednesday, being that I, I will be traveling with the family, but I'm going to hopefully have some fun videos and updates and obviously some prop plays throughout my journeys. I do plan being back on Saturday to watch some college football, and we're always going to have our free play articles as well as the free plays on the podcast, so we're not going to miss a beat when it comes to that. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And there's quite a bit of bad and ugly. There's some good, though, so we're going to talk right about it. Uh, David Montgomery, uh, he killed it for the Lions last week. That was an easy prop play over 47 and a half yards. He ended up with 120 yards, and the man had multiple touchdowns. It's just crazy to see all these Bears player. Hell, Sam Mustafer is doing great with the Ravens, you know, the center, uh, just killing it in the NFL right now. Everyone but Mitch, but hey, it looks like Mitch might be starting when we uh, start talking about injuries in our fantasy segment later with Dean Nasty. But anyway, David Montgomery, what a fantastic pickup. He's doing better than Gibbs right now, so he's the man in Detroit. Auburn, man, did they fight Georgia hard. They only lost by seven points there. You know, this was uh, an Auburn team that was really in the dumps here, and uh, after getting beat bad by Texas Tech, they couldn't even score a point, and they go up and put 20 on Georgia. You know, that wasn't bad. Uh, They could have 
possibly put on a little bit more at the end, but they did get stuck. But this was at Georgia, and Georgia's got a wonderful defense. But that was a game for most of the game. And I will admit, I watched most of that game. I was really focused on that one. I wanted to learn a little bit about both teams. So uh, it, it was on one of my TVs for sure. Uh, another good. In college football, the refs were shockingly good. I mean, I'm going to say when they're good. I'm going to say when they're bad. You know, I don't hold back. But they were good, and I'll give them props. Uh, now, maybe the game you watched, they weren't. I, I don't know. But it seemed like there wasn't any big stories or tweets about them doing an awful job, at least until the NFL. Uh, Ryan Walters of Purdue beating his ex-coach. As a matter of fact, he was the defensive coordinator at Illinois under Bielema. But that was one of our largest plays was Purdue. And uh, he just put a beating on Illinois last week. And I find that really interesting how that all came to fruition. Now they're going to be going to Iowa coming up this weekend with some quarterback issues out in Iowa. Another good was the Texans with uh, C.J. Stroud. Holy cow. If you remember in our quarterback rankings, I had him number one ahead of a couple guys. Bryce Young was third in my rankings, and I had C.J. Stroud as the best quarterback, and it's kind of turned into fruition right now. He's got more passing yards than most rookies ever through four games, and he's just saying all the right things. His interview at the end of the game was fantastic, talking about how he takes things personally and uh, wants to uh, be good for the fans. You know, I, I just was like, wow, man. I never seen Ohio State quarterback start so good in the NFL. And uh, all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud is really looking the part for Houston. And, man, Houston is a much better team than we certainly expected, aren't they? Now for the bad. Sam Houston State. Man, they had a chance that game and just kind of blew it. They uh, they should have beat the other Jacksonville State coming in. Both those teams were new to the FBS this year, if you remember. So, uh, I just thought that they really had a chance that game and blew it. Uh, Utah on the road. Man, are they bad. I'm so glad we were on Oregon State that game. That thing closed at minus four and a half. We took our Oregon State early at minus one. No sweat whatsoever for that bet. That was uh, a nice, easy walkthrough on Friday night. Uh, Arkansas, their third and short calls. And you know I complain about this all the time. What the heck are you doing in shotgun on third or fourth and short? Absolutely abysmal. You have to be able to take some handoffs from the center. And aren't the Eagles with the brotherly shove teaching anybody anything here? You don't do shotgun on third and short or fourth and short if you're especially if you're running the ball. That's it's it, it's terrible for that. The only thing that shotgun does is make people on their toes and or on their heels and then and they, they prepare for the pass on defense right the, the linebackers are a little bit back but if it's third and one the linebackers are charging the line it makes it worse for shotgun than from actually behind the center i don't understand what people are doing there unreal another bad me smearing pizza on this piece of paper that i used to take notes from the games uh i'm not sure what's wrong with me on saturday I, i'm pretty sure i was sober uh, next, Notre Dame's back door with a two-point conversion. Now, there's some controversy. People saying, oh, we should have slid down and not taken the, uh, and then taken the field goal. No, you don't do that when you're down. You do that when you're tied. That's the proper move. Or you do that when you're winning. You know, if you're winning by one and you score a touchdown and 
get the extra point, you're up eight. Now they get the ball and they can score. If you're winning by one, you just run the clock out. But if you're down by one, you can't leave it up to your field goal kicker, especially in college. There's absolutely no way you could do that. You know, I they miss all the time in college. There's personal fouls. There's bad snaps. He did the absolute right thing, but they went for two to go up by seven instead of six, and that's where all the spreads were covered. So their early six-and-a-half Notre Dame line and the late five-and-a-half Notre Dame line was covered thanks to that backdoor touchdown. Well, front-door touchdown, I should say. So they front-doored that baby pretty bad against uh, Duke Betters. Uh, another bet, me not betting Air Force. You know, I had Ron on last week, and I'm like, ooh, Air Force, huge matchup problems with uh, San Diego State's run defense. They're not going to be able to stop them. Well, I don't even bet it. What the hell's wrong with me? It was minus 10 and a half. My number was like minus 13. Why, how did I miss that one? Massive mental error. They won like by 30 points or something. So I looked at the score. I'm like, wait a second. How did I miss that game? Anyways, uh, Riverboat Ron. Not going for the win against the Eagles. His excuses, his team was gassed for 10 plays. Their defense was gassed, dude. You had zero seconds on the clock and you allowed it to go to overtime against a much better team? What the hell is wrong with you? They almost completed that uh, third down, by the way. But still, it's you're against a better team. You're at home. Yet you, you go for two and... Let the players decide if they're going to win or not. That was it helped me out because I had the Eagles tease down to two for our refuse to lose teaser, which is now three and one though, baby. Uh, the Browns whole team last week. What the hell was that? I know uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson started because Watson was out at the last second. Everyone was saying he should play. He should play. Blah blah blah. It was my largest play of the week. As soon as I found that out, I bought back a little bit on the Ravens, plus one and a half. I should have bought, brought back a lot more. That was a four-star play that I got burned on. And, uh, man, I'm just – the whole team didn't show up. It was weird. It was uh, at home, and the Ravens go there and just whoop up on them. And uh, Lamar Jackson played way better than I've seen him play recently. So it was just one of those very high-variant Lamar days. You know, he's either really great or bad sometimes. Now for the ugly. Man, that roughing the passer on Syracuse uh, against Kate Klubnik, there was nothing there whatsoever. So I guess there was one bad call that I do remember here. Uh, he kind of he chest bumped Clay uh, Cade Klubnik when he was in the uh, out of bounds, just kind of like a little chest bump, like, hey, punk, or something like that. But it wasn't a push. But Cade flopped like LeBron James out on that sidelines and literally – made it so the refs threw that flag. It was a disgusting flop, too. It was just one of those, like, are you kidding me? You have no integrity, sir, but obviously great call. <laughs> great call selling that for the team. Oh, another ugly Desmond Ritter. Man, I woke up to watch some football nice and early on Sunday, and it was just bad watching him be a quarterback. He is not good, and he doesn't look like uh, he's going to remain good. I don't think he's a starter. I'm not even sure if he's NFL caliber at this point. Um, I don't think that Atlanta's got a lot back there right now, and they have a great run game and a good run defense, but this will probably be a playoff team that I will say, but now they're pick them practically against the Texans. 
uh, thanks to my friend moving the line on me today. Uh, UCF allowing 26 points on the fourth to Baylor. 26 points in the fourth. UCF was outscored 26 to nothing in the fourth and lost by one. Imagine being up 25 and losing the game in the fourth quarter. That is absolutely insane to me. I could just picture how UCF batters responded to that. Fucking bullshit! All right, another ugly. Chase Claypool with the Bears. They don't, They told him not to show up to the game. Now they're telling him not to show up to practice. Holy cow, what a bad move by Poles. And we'll get into the Bears a little bit more here. But um, actually, let's just do it right now. I mean, what an organization. Up by 21 points and then just choke it all away in the fourth. Justin Fields was part of that. Now, Justin Fields had a great first half, but the dude has a ton of choke in him. And if you remember back to that NFC or the NFC college football championship game, he threw that pick, you know? Uh, maybe it was against Clemson, and Clemson went to the championship game. It was in the playoffs. He throws that pick in the end zone. And it's just like, ever since then, I don't think he just, he likes to lose in the clutch rather than win. That's why they lost 14 games in a row. In three more games, that's going to be a whole NFL season worth of losses. And they are seven-point dogs this week against the Redskins, against the Commanders, I should say. You know, this organization is pure trash. I mean, the ownership, pure, undisputed trash. And they make political decisions instead of football decisions. I mean, if you're a Bear fan... You should not be spending any money on them until they change. Do not go to the games. Do not buy your kids a jersey. Do not buy a freaking pin. I don't care what it is. Do not spend one cent on the Bears until they change. That's how you change an organization. You know, I I get sick of fans being like, I'm a true fan. I spend money. It's like, yeah, you're just feeding the pig that's screwing you over, you fool. Do not spend money on on your shitty team. Another ugly was the Rams giving up a 23-point lead to the Colts. I mean, that one was in the bag for me. And I think, God, I wanted overtime. But, geez, it did not have to go that far. I mean, I was already kind of having a bad start in the NFL with my one teaser with the Dolphins uh, completely getting blown out. And all of a sudden, the Browns are losing. And then the Rams are letting the comeback. I was just absolutely insane. I was pulling my hair out between the Eagles overtime and the Rams overtime. Both were completely going to swing my day massively, either to the super bad or to just adequate. You know, thank God they both came through for me. Uh, another bad, the Saints with their starters. I mean, Derek Carr looked absolutely despicable himself. I, I mean, I know he was kind of injured, but just put Jameis in. He had like a 0.4 Adam average depth of target, according to uh, Adam Chernoff's show, uh, show I listened to this morning. I, I could not believe that. 0.4? That, that is just absolutely terrible. It looks like his receivers just ran. I guess he threw it to Kamara a bunch of times, but man, what a bad look for the Saints. And then finally, the night game was an absolute freaking clown show i mean massively overhyped with people from hollywood i don't want hollywood in my football just show me football but the swift kelsey thing is just 
agonizing to this point. And not just that, uh, when the Jets are just getting blown out all of a sudden and the 17 to zip, the officials realize that the networks need them to make this game closer and they call a freaking horse collar on the front of his jersey while the guy's getting face masked and gave the penalty to the Chiefs. I mean, can you make it more obvious that you're trying to dictate the game and make it closer? The holding in the end zone that really wasn't holding for the safety? Then the momentum completely shifted there, but that's how games are manipulated by the human factor, and it's why I complain about it all the time. Games aren't advertently rigged. That's wrong. They are not, but they are certainly dictated by whatever the officials were feeling and they felt the pressure of making a closer game and you saw that and it is readable from what you saw you could look back at that game and watch how that game was called after the Chiefs jumped them 17 to nothing and then at the very end they switched you know they start they start realizing we can't let Taylor Swift lose this game right and then they kind of favored the Chiefs at the end but Oh, my God. It was just a clown show. Do not watch games like that. It was terrible. The way I figure, there's really not too much future with a sawed-off front like you. All right. Now it's time for a little college football misleading final scores and key injuries. All right. We're going to start with Sam Houston outgaining Jacksonville State 435-393. to Yet lost 35-28. to They won the turnover battle 3-1. to Yet bad red zone. And 85 penalty yards got them. Cincinnati outgained BYU 498 to 295, yet lost 35 to 27. A 2 to 0 turnover margin hurt the Bearcats. UTEP outgained LA Tech 321 to 294, yet lost 24 to 10. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio and poor red zone hurt the Miners. Uh, Colorado's yards were all garbage, so I'm not going to say that, but the hell, they did fight really hard against USC. You do have to admit that. Uh, UConn outgained Utah. State 473 to 413, yet lost 34 to 33. They won the turnover battle, but nine penalties and 97 yards of those penalties hurt. Southern Miss's yards were mainly garbage, so we're not going to bring that game up. Arizona State outgained Cal 430 to 326, yet lost 24 to 21. A two to zero turnover ratio froze the Sun Devils. East Carolina outgained Rice 391 to 277 yet lost 24 to 17 equal turnovers but uh bad red zone really hurt the Pirates. Uh Michigan State outgained Iowa 349 to 222 they lost 26 to 16 4 to 2 turnover ratio field position beat Sparty with uh Iowa's amazing athletic uh, up Future NFL punter. TCU outgained West Virginia 433 to 343, yet lost 24 to 21. Equal turnovers at zero, but bad special teams and missed field goals ran over the Horn Frogs. All right, key injuries. Duke's quarterback Riley Leonard had a high ankle sprain and probably will miss at least a week. Iowa's quarterback Cade McNamara didn't return to the game. He's out for the rest of the season with a lower leg injury. LSU's wide receiver Aaron Anderson out with a hamstring injury. Arkansas's tight end Luke Haas broke his clavicle and is out for the season. Florida's wide receiver Caleb Douglas will miss some time with a lower leg injury. College football, week six, betting spots. 
Letdown spots. Oregon State at Cal after beating Utah is possible. Possible letdown spot. Ole Miss hosting Arkansas after beating LSU is one. Uh, Purdue at Iowa after beating Illinois, who's Ryan Walters head coach from last year, Bielema, you remember. Uh, really a lot, not a lot of big upsets last week, so not a lot of letdown spots. Some get-up spots, is, I'm just going to throw a few that come to mind. Maryland's going to fight hard against Ohio State to stay undefeated. UCLA will want to come off the bye and beat Wazoo after looking bad at Utah. Uh, Syracuse at North Carolina will be interesting to say the least. They need to kind of get back on track. Texas A&M hosting Alabama is a fun one. Man, they, they need to get up, and they don't have any SEC losses right now. Think about that one. Uh, Kentucky will try to unseat Georgia. Both of them are undefeated. Uh, Look-ahead spots, Iowa looking past Purdue to Wisconsin is possible. Uh, Notre Dame looking past Louisville to USC is possible, and USC looking past Arizona to Notre Dame is there as well. Time for the NFL misleading final scores from week four. The Bears outgained the Broncos 471 to 311, yet lost 31 to 28. A 2 to 0 Justin Fields turnover special got them. The Dolphins were only outgained 414 to 393, yet lost 48 to 20. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio and poor rush defense with eight penalties got the Finns. Uh, San Francisco. Only outgained Arizona 395 to 362, yet only one that yet only won by 35 to 16. That's a massive win. Poor red zone and nine penalties hurt the Cardinals. They just couldn't stop San Fran in the red zone, and they really had a hard time scoring in the red zone, too. Let's move to NFL week. Five betting spots. I mean, the only letdown spot since there's not a lot of big upsets. I guess the Lions hosting Carolina after beating the Packers is possible, even though that was kind of a pick em. But it was a big game for them. And the Bills in London after beating Miami is kind of an interesting spot. You know, they've been just ran through two or three NFL teams, the Raiders, the, the Washington Commanders, and the Dolphins. And they could let down a little bit against Jacksonville, I think. Get up spots. The Bears at the Commanders after being 0-4 and, and the Panthers at the Lions being 0-4. I mean, every NFL team's got to play. But, I mean, these teams are desperate right now. Look-ahead spots, there's really none. No look-ahead spots in the NFL. Now it's time for our college football week six free play. And obviously, uh, Kansas, I don't mean Kansas, I mean Kentucky rolled last week, was happy about that one. We went two and one in free plays. The video one hit on Friday, lost on Syracuse, won on Kentucky. We're actually going back to Big Ten country for your pre free play this week. Uh, Maryland's playing Ohio State, and I mentioned Maryland before now. Ohio State's kind of coming off the bye, which is a good thing. But, man, that game they won at Notre Dame, what a just mentally exhausting game. And, man, it was more Notre Dame choking that thing away and giving Ohio State all the opportunity to win. I mean, 10 guys on the field in the when you're on the one-yard line missing interceptions. I mean, Ohio State's a very good team. I just don't think that Kyle McCord is all that, at least not right now. I no, he's got Marvin Harrison, Julian there, and Julian Fleming, and Emeka Bukka, but man, it's uh, he, he doesn't look that great, and they're at home now, coming kind of coming off that big win, and you got Maryland just kind of laying in the cut a little bit. Now, Maryland, they didn't exactly have a super strong strength of schedule yet, but I mean, they're beating up teams like their Ohio State, you know? Maryland just took care of Indiana 
way better than Ohio State did. They beat Virginia and Michigan State by over 20 points apiece. You know, it's it, they're a solid team, and they have a quarterback that has a very familiar name in Talia Tungaviola. And I think that they're going to be ready to ball this game. If you remember, Maryland in 2022 pushed Ohio State a little bit. Now, were they at home? Yes, but this was a 43-30 to 30 game, and that score was one heck of a lot closer. And you still have some of those players at Maryland there. Remember those guys and more returning starters for Maryland. Maryland's positive two net yards per play. You know, so Ohio State's big and bad. We know that. But I just think there's too many points. I, I can see Ohio State winning by two touchdowns, you know. I, I don't think 19 and a half is correct. Ohio State has a nice three net yards per play. We ranked seventh in the nation. But most of those were against Youngstown State, Indiana, Western Kentucky. When they finally stepped up in class against Notre Dame, that was a pick em game. I think that, uh, that Maryland can definitely stay in this game. Maryland's offensive success rate is 33rd in the nation. Ohio State's is 38. Maryland doesn't have the defense Ohio State does, but they just need a few stops or they just need to keep scoring. And they can possibly even backdoor this thing down by 24. You know, say you're down 24 points in the fourth quarter, they backdoor it for you. I like the 19 and a half ticket for two stars. What is the five fingers? Say to the face! <laughs> what? Slap! All right, now it's time for a little fancy football with our guy, D-Nasty. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football week five. We got our guy, D-Nasty, back, Dave. What a anticlimactic game for the Giants-Seahawks. I mean, it was uh, a little bit boring on the Giants' side. I hope t- people didn't have too many fancy players on that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was a pretty boring game. No Barkley either in this game. Daniel Jones was the leading rusher for him, which is pretty sad as well. Uh, just a bad game all the way around. Geno Smith a little banged up with a knee injury. So, yeah, it was a very interesting game to watch tonight, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, CLSD did good. A couple pick sixes. <laughs> I think that uh, whoever had their D uh, scored big time tonight. But, man, yeah, the Giants are definitely not what they were. Uh, lucky, really, last year is what I say. But now it's just uh, looks they look like a complete mess. But anyways... Something's different this week for week five. What What's going on? I think uh, there might be a few buys, right? Yeah, there's a few buys coming up this week. Uh, oh, and I wanted to start off, too, by saying Rahan, Raheem Mostert didn't really have that good of a game this past week. Did you look at his stats by chance? Uh, you know what? Was he down to third now? So what? I mean, geez. Everyone can have an off game day, but... Uh, <laughs> A-Chain it was really good, at least, or A-Chen. There's just so many ways they're pronouncing it. I think it's A-Chen, but um, we'll find out for sure within the next couple weeks. Uh, you know, playing Buffalo is really hard, especially we just got done scoring 70 against Denver, but I have no worries about Mar- uh, about him unless he gets hurt. That's the only really concern I have for Mostert. But uh, let's go in the bye weeks. Who, 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 who's on bye, Dave? Sounds good. All right, we'll get the Cleveland Browns first on the bye. Uh, so if definitely if you were starting with Sean Watson after his good week, but then he was actually out this week. We'll talk about that on the injury report here in a minute. Uh, Cleveland Browns are on by this week, though. Uh, Jerome Ford might be the guy you're starting, maybe Amari Cooper. Uh, those would be the two main guys for them. Deshaun Watson as well, but he was injured, though, so uh, you might not have started him this past week, but those are the main guys for them. Uh, Chargers, quite a few people on the Chargers that you were starting. 
Uh, Eckler, again, another guy who's banged up and injured. He didn't play this past week, but he's on by this week, so definitely get him on your lineup. Uh, Justin Bear is on by. Uh, Keenan Allen, who's been awesome this year, is actually on by this week. Uh, Joshua Palmer, who we talked about last week, who had a decent game this week. He's going to be on by as well. Uh, so those are the main guys you're going to get out there. The tight ends, no one's really starting ever, I don't think, for them. So uh, Arnajaku for the Browns, that's another guy, too, that's on by. But uh, those guys are borderline starters right now. You might not be starting them. So that's why I really haven't really mentioned them. But uh, Seahawks, who we just talked about tonight, uh, we got Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Walker. Uh, that's a big one, actually. The, that's going to hurt a lot of fantasy people this week. I have Metcalf in a couple of my leagues, and he's going to be out. And I have Kenny Walker as well, who helped me win one of my leagues tonight, by the way. Uh, and then the Buccaneers, who's actually been the surprise of this year. Baker Mayfield's on by. Mike Evans is on by. Uh, Chris Godwin is on by. And uh, Rodney, Rodney White is on by as well. So those are some main guys that you're going to want to take out of your lineup for next week. All right, makes sense. Yep. And uh, the Buccaneers, there's a few. Evans was a little banged up. Uh, Herbert needs a week off after breaking his finger, so we'll see what's going on then. I'll just get right into key injuries. Khalil Shakir had a head injury, uh, wide receiver, and so he'll be out a little bit. Uh, T. Higgins for the uh, Bengals hurt his ribs. He's day-to-day or week-to-week. He thinks he can play, but I've heard that before. Uh, running back Javante Williams hurt his hip. broken rib they actually said today. Uh, they're saying today that he broke his rib now, actually. So he probably is going to be out next week, though, for sure. And that offense has just been horrible lately, too. One of the surprises on the bad side of things is actually one of the disappointments of the year, I think. But, yeah, uh, they did say broken rib, though, for T. Higgins. All right, T. Higgins broken rib. But, you know, that they sometimes come back and wear a, a brace. But I'd say give him three, four weeks off, if it was me at least. Um, Justin Herbert broke his, like I said, non-throwing middle finger, but he should be okay after the bye. Uh, Javante Williams hurt his hip and was ruled out. I was just mentioning Juwan Johnson ruled out with a calf injury, tight end. Uh, Kenny Pickett, the quarterback, had a knee injury, but they think he could play this week for the Steelers. Quarterback Deshaun Watson was a surprise scratch last week. A lot of people thought he was going to play, so hopefully you, get, you switched him out. I did, unfortunately, to Kenny Pickett, so that didn't work out so well for me. But uh, wide receiver Mike Evans had a hammy last week, too, and that's the main ones, I think. Anything I missed? Uh, Matthew Stafford with the hip injury. Uh, the Devontae Adams left with a shoulder uh, but he did come back, though, so I don't think that's as concerning. The Kenny Pickett one I had, uh, Mike Evans, and then uh, a couple of key defensive cornerbacks, actually, could be season-ending. Javarius uh, White tore an ACL, so he's out for the year. That's really definitely going to hurt the Bills. D. Uh, Dante Jackson, shoulder injury for the Panthers. Those are two main quarterbacks out there for IDP leagues as well. All right, good stuff. Let's go to the waiver wire, Dave. Who are we picking up? Oh, after. Actually, one other one, too. Jimmy Garoppolo with concussion didn't play this past week either, so we had two rookie quarterbacks playing. I mentioned We mentioned him last week, though. Okay, yep, that's right. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that he was out this week. So, But, but yep, pickups, let's get into those. Uh, the guy I really like, Sam Howell, uh, Commanders. He's actually got a good matchup this week. Uh, he looked really good last week against the Eagles, of all people. He had 29 of 41, 290 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he led that drive at, in the fourth quarter, which was a fun game to watch last week, uh, to tie it up with no time remaining. Uh, it was a fun game to watch last week. Uh, another guy, too, if he's still out there, C.J. Stroud, he has a good matchup this week at Atlanta. So uh, with those bye weeks coming up, uh, definitely keep an eye out there for those guys. 
Uh, Stafford, he's pretty much borderline right now, but he's been playing really well too against Philadelphia. So good at matchup for him as well. Uh, then we have Jaleen McCollin for the Broncos. Uh, Javante Williams suffered a, a hip injury, like we said. Uh, he could be out for this week and possibly next week, but they're not really sure yet that he could even possibly play this week. Uh, but McCollin, McLaughlin looked really good this past week. Uh, seven carries, 72 yards. Uh, and he caught all three of his targets for 32 receiving yards and a touchdown. So uh, they're definitely the guy they like there. Perrine is still borderline up pick up too as well, but uh looks like McLaughlin was the guy they really leaned on, and he's the guy you want to pick up. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, another guy. Uh, Sanders is fighting a groin injury. We, did, we didn't discuss that but because he still played, but I uh, definitely was affecting him this past week. You could tell if you were watching the game. Uh, I did watch that game against the Vikings. It was actually a pretty good game to watch. Uh, but Hubbard definitely got more carries this week. Uh, and is averaging uh, 4.6 yards per carry for Hubbard uh, and compared to 2.9 yards per carry for Sanders. So Sanders' grand injury is definitely limiting him. And at 0-14, they might give Hubbard a little bit more uh, carries going forward. Uh, another guy, Romeo Dobbs, he's borderline starter right now, though, but he had a great week last week. Uh, even though in the loss, he has, he's seen targets of 12, 13, yeah, 12, 12 and 13 targets the past couple weeks. So uh, he's definitely getting the target share. So you definitely want to take a look at him. Tyler Boyd for the Higgins injury that was like we discussed. Uh, another guy that some people might have forgotten about, Jamison Williams for the Lions. Uh, he's gonna. He was reinstated. Uh, they did, did did change the gambling rules, so he did, he did get reinstated early actually. So that's a guy you might want to pick up, up if you do need some bye week fill ins. And uh, he is, might is he coming back this week? He's coming back this week, actually. So definitely a guy you want to take a look at picking up if possible. Uh, they're going to—they're definitely going to use him when he's back. Michael Wilson, uh, a rookie receiver for the Cardinals. I uh, really like him a lot. Two t- touchdowns this past week. Uh, he caught all seven of his targets for 76 yards and the two touchdowns. So definitely a guy you want to take a look at. Uh, he's been, he has five receptions for 142 yards over the last couple weeks heading to week five. So uh, definitely a guy you want to take a look at. Mm-hmm. And tight end, Dalton Kincaid. He actually hasn't done much the past couple weeks, but he has a nice matchup coming up. So definitely a guy you want to pick up if he's still out there on waivers as well. And Jake Ferguson, seven catches for 70, 70 yards this past week, and he was going to play a few targets as well. And that Dallas Cowboys offense. So another tight end, definitely. And Cole Komet actually had a great week too, two touchdowns. Uh, but the Bears still lost, of course, against the Broncos, <laughs> even though Fields had a great day and Komet had a good day. Uh, but Komet definitely, he's still out there on waivers. Definitely pick him up. Uh, he's at Washington this week. And Ferguson's at Frisco. He's got a tough D, but uh, for tight ends to still get something against against that defense. All right, well. good stuff. I, and I agree with Wilson and a lot of those other. Curtis Samuel had a great game yeah. with eight targets as well. Um, Julio McLaughlin, I think you said, for the Broncos, kind of looked like Javante Williams' handcuff. So uh, Julio McLaughlin is one to pick up. Cole Clement was going to be used more now that Chase Claypool is being ousted on the Bears. He had two TDs, so if he's on waivers, you can pick him up. Zach Wilson's got a matchup against the, uh, the Broncos. I don't love him, but say you got Sean Watson and nobody else is out there, you can throw him or Mitch Trubisky if if uh, Kenny Pickett um, is out. But that's about it for me. But I'm going to move into non-stars trending up for Week 5. Zach Wilson against the Broncos. I Just like I just said, he could, believe it or not, have an okay week. Uh, running back, Michael Carter against the Broncos. And wide receiver, Garrett Wilson against the Broncos. The Broncos' defense is terrible. You saw the Bears score like 28 on them right away. 
Josh Dobbs also quarter. There's a lot of quarterbacks I like this week. Josh Dobbs against a bad Bengals pasty is a streamer this week. Uh, Jordan Love will get a right get it right versus the Raiders, in my opinion, too. So I think Jordan Love's a good streamer this week. Uh, running back A.J. Dillon as well against the Raiders. I think that even if Jones comes back, Dillon's still going to get a lot of big carries. Uh, wide receiver Jalen Waddell against the Giants should definitely eat. You saw the Giants' defense today. It wasn't good. Oh, horrible. Yep, yep. Sam Howell uh, also against the Bears is a very nice matchup, uh, matchup. Quarterback Sam Howell. So there's a lot of you know quarterbacks out there that could win your fantasy. A wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins versus the Colts should be able to make get some yards, and quarterback Matt Stafford versus the Eagles could make some hay as well, in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Uh, I like the Texans actually. Texans two and two. Who would have thought that they're actually an up and coming team? I like CJ Stroud. Uh, Nico Collins is definitely a starter, but uh, I also like Robert Woods too against the Falcons. Falcons pasty is not good. Uh, their defense is still. Not going to carry them with that team. Uh, Ryder doesn't look good either. So uh, I think I like the Texans. The Texans are up and coming team. They're going to only get better as the year goes on. I, I definitely like that the matchup for them. Damian Pierce, who we forgot about, he had a decent game this past week. I like him too against the Falcons. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, I like Sam Howell as well. That's one of my t- guys I really like this week against the Bears. Twenty some points in the like was it the fourth quarter they gave up uh, to, to let the. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I like Sam Howell quite a bit. I think Antonio Gibson even gets some against the Bears, too. I, he, Brian Robinson's a board starter right now, but I think yeah. Gibson's not even really like against the yeah. Bears, too. I agree. Just so they're definitely going to get theirs against them. Uh, I, I do like Anthony Richardson. He's borderline starter right now, too, but I like him. Uh, and I like Zach Moss this week, too, against the Titans. The Titans have a horrible pass defense. Uh, so definitely Richardson's definitely going to feast this week and Michael Pittman. I like that, that, that matchup. Uh, the Dolphins, those are all guys are starting already anyways, but I like Devon Sean. Uh, I think he's taken kind of over the role away from Oster. Achain. So yep, sorry. Uh, but I like that matchup as well. Uh, I do like the Cardinals too as well, like Michael Wilson, and I like Dobbs too against the Bengals. I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, the Jets, definitely like Wilson. He's a borderline starter already, though. Lazard actually could have a big day. He's He's been coming out a little bit lately. And I do like Zach Wilson. A lot of people underrate him and write, have written him off, but he actually had a very good game against the Patriots. Uh, or I'm sorry, against the Chiefs. He had a very good game against the Chiefs uh, this last Sunday night. So I think Wilson may be turning the corner, and he, and he has a great matchup this week too. So I do like him. And I do like my Packers, of course, Dobbs and, and Love as well too. Yeah, I need the, any of those Packers or any of those defenses as what I'm trying to say playing those bad teams is always a good start yeah. as well if you want to stream yeah. defenses. Uh bus, why don't you move into bus? All right, great. Uh one of my busts this week is going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's been struggling this year. Uh Bills defense looks legit and they they hold the Dolphins uh to, to not that it's under 70 points, so that's a win-win for them. But the Bills' defense did look good against the Dolphins, though. Uh, and I do like – I don't like that matchup with Trevor Lawrence. He's been struggling already, and he's playing a tough Bills D at Buffalo as well. So uh, Buffalo's playing at home where they're tough. So I don't like that matchup for them. Travis Etienne, he's been struggling well as well, and he's going against that tough Buffalo D too. So definitely downgrading both of them. I don't like that matchup. Uh, and then another matchup I don't like, I don't like the Cowboys against the 49ers. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys' offense is really that good. Uh, and I think the 49ers' defense is that good. So I'm uh, definitely going to download Dak Prescott this week and Tony Pollard, too, against that tough 49ers. Yeah. I don't like that match for them. 
the Rams actually, I mean, Eagles D, Eagles D has been playing better and better. I, I know you said you like Stafford against them, but I don't really like Stafford against them. No, I do. I like they, they're just so injured, you know, with their linebackers and everything. Now, Stafford seems to be getting rid of the ball fast. That's why I like him. So um, I think at home, um, you saw what Sam Howell yeah, just yeah, did against him. So that's my, that's my reasoning. Yeah, I like that, though. I can go either way on that one. But uh, definitely, I think Stanford could struggle at the same time against the Eagles because they have to fix that defense if they want to do anything this year. Even though they're four. Or no, but if they want to go to the Super Bowl, they're not going to be able to win with that defense. So you definitely need to tighten things up there. Uh, Steelers, I'm done loading. Whoever's playing at quarterback for them, even if it's Pickett or Trubisky, Ravens have been looking good this year. Their defense has been looking pretty tough as well. So I'm definitely downgrading him. And Najee Harris has been struggling already this year as well. I don't see him doing much against that tough Ravens D either as well. Yeah, I have most of those. Brock Purdy even against Dallas's D worries me. Dak Prescott, like you said, Najee Harris. Kenny Pickett versus the Ravens D. C.J. Stroud even against Atlanta is somewhat worrisome. He's been killing it yet, but has he earned your starting role yet? I'm not sure. I need to see one more I week. So. I think he has. I think he definitely yeah. has. All right. Well, well. Okay, well, you know what? He's a possible. He's just on the light side of a bust. Um, we'll see if it happens. I mean, they did get <laughs> they did get smoked by the Colts, but he actually had a pretty good game yeah. against them. Uh, running back Miles Sanders, and he's kind of banged up, like you said. But versus the Lions, D, the Lions actually has the best rush D, probably because a lot of teams have to throw against him, though. So that's I still don't like Miles Sanders against the Lions, and I don't like Kyron Williams versus Philly because Philly does have the defensive front, and hopefully they don't get to Stafford, but we'll see. I just think that Stafford's going to throw to throw to Puka Nakua, and you know who might be back. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. He might be back. He's he's on the twenty one day comeback list, so that means any day he can come back. So that's who I have for bust. John, but go go John ahead. Taylor as well might be back this week too. So you got. I hope so. As well, yeah. John, JT might be back, so maybe pull him off your NA list in fantasy. I'm going to the nasty sleeper, buddy. I'm going I have to go against my Bears. Curtis Samuel. Um, the Bears have no secondary. They're all freaking second string, third string, or don't even belong in the NFL, to be honest with you. They're just all hurt. Why not just keep eating and feeding your fantasy team with those guys playing the Bears? So Curtis Samuel, if he's on waivers, gobble him up and start him against the Bears. I'm going with another Washington guy as well. I, I'm going on the same thoughts as you. I'm going with Sam Howell. I really like him. Uh, he's one of the young, young quarterbacks I really like. I like Sam Howell against the Bears. Uh, he's actually looked good against the Eagles this week too. So uh, he played well under pressure. He came, brought him back in the fourth quarter, and in overtime he looked good too. So I'm going with Sam Howell. All right. No disagreement, Dave. Well, thanks so much for coming on, my man. We broke it down. This looks like a Sam Howell to Curtis Samuel fantasy fiesta next Sunday, my man. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. We'll be talking soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Enjoy the rest of the week and go get some winners. <laughs>